Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Hard to believe it's already the final weekend in March. And this week on the Get Ready for the Future show, we're talking March Madness and Market Madness. Ryan Dietrich will join us. He's the senior market strategist at LPL Research. Plus, keeping your retirement from being busted just like your tournament bracket. This is the Get Ready for the Future Show. Welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future Show for this final Saturday in March, the first quarter of 2019, almost in the books. It seems like it was just a day or so ago that we were talking about uh, New Year, New You, and resolutions and all of that as the page turned for a new year. And now we're one third of the way through it. We are as we speak, down to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. We're going to talk about some March Madness today and how that relates to your retirement, plus market madness coming up a little later in the broadcast. Welcome in. My name is Scott Inman. Chad Roller is to my left. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How's the fourth chair treating you today? Awesome. Doing well. Doing well. And to my right, John Shrewsbury, and to his right, Janet Walker. Good morning. Good morning. You spoke about that busted bracket like uh, you had some experience there, Scott. Is your bracket busted? Well, isn't everybody's? I I don't know. Honestly, I mean, it's a war of attrition, right? Nobody's got a good bracket at this point, right? They, They may have a winning bracket. But there's a difference between a winning bracket and a good bracket. A bunch of brackets came close to being busted on Saturday when Duke almost got beat by UCF. Yeah, well, so I don't have a personal bracket. I don't have a dog in the hunt, so to speak, this year. But my daughters played uh, a a bracket tournament game with some friends from church, and I helped one of my daughters fill out a bracket. So I do have some ownership. I feel like that, you know, that's... That's my reputation on the line. I, I had North Carolina and Duke in the final game, so I was sweating bullets. I'm with sure. That, last with year, that Duke game. I, last year, I know somebody who did it completely based on mascots, and mm-hmm. you know, frankly, your odds are just as good. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Janet, speaking of those odds, I kind of I, I looked at them, and it's about basically the math comes out to one and nine, a little over nine quintillion. The chances I don't know of the, a perfect bracket. The perfect bracket. Did you get to quintrillions at Bologna High School? Well, no, it's called, yeah. yeah how so many zeros is that? I don't know how many zeros that is. I just did a little Google search on that. Okay. But uh, even, you remember back back in, I think it was like 2014, Buffett even got in on this, uh, the chances and the odds. And he, he even put out there, what was it, a million dollars per year if you were uh, for lifetime, if you were able to pick the perfect bracket, so I think he he knew his odds going in there yeah, that yeah. one in nine quintillion or whatever it may be, it's it's a whole lot of whole lot of odds. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I think it's interesting, and we probably ought to note earlier this week the the uh, I guess the importance of the NCAA tournament or not making it uh, raised its head, you know, with the dismissal of Mike Anderson right. at, at the University of Arkansas. This tournament is is the kind of the, the benchmark. If you don't make this tournament, then if you're a coach uh, or you're an assistant coach, chances are you, I don't care how good you are. And, and, and Scott, you know Mike Anderson personally, and mm-hmm. I've, I've watched him over the years. Obviously, good man. Uh, players loved him, all of that type of yeah. thing, but you've got to perform. Right. And, and that is really very analogous to you know the the whole market situation you've got to take a look at at you know what the markets are going on what the markets are doing and if you make a misstep and you miss then that can be a real problem as far as your overall retirement is concerned well when you talk about your retirement bracket or your retirement plan that that certainly isn't uh, analogous to you don't want that to be the high odds that Chad quoted there of no. of being a perfect bracket but we're going to talk today in the program a little bit about some of the things to maybe avoid uh, chasing after because you're not going to have perfection in the market. You're not going to have perfection in your retirement. So it all does come back down to the planning. What is a reasonable 
amount of risk to take on to achieve the outcome you want in retirement. Rather than looking for that perfect bracket, we want the winning bracket, right? Well, you want the right outcome. You want to be sure that the income that you're looking for in retirement is going to be there and be there long term. Janet, there are a lot of uh, Cinderella wins, we'll call them, in investing because, you know, we all know about the hot dot, the one company that comes out with some innovation and, you know, it doubles it in price in, I don't know, three weeks or something like that. Those are Cinderella stories. They are not everyday wins and losses the market. You're absolutely right. You know, when we talk about outcomes, uh, John, this week we were talking with a class over at Washita Baptist University. We got an invitation to come and talk with a, a business class over there. We really enjoyed doing that, by the way. But, but it, this was something that as many years as we've talked about outcomes from investing and incomes for retirement, it had never quite come together this way. But this is a phrase that I think you need to, to catch on to. The outcome that you're looking for in retirement is all about your income. Mm That's that's all your outcome needs to be looking at. And so it's not about the hot dot. It's not about, you know, the perfect bracket, so to speak, in terms of your investments. You don't need to beat your brother-in-law on your return. You need to meet your outcome goal, which is all about income. Now, well, now maybe you could play that game, Chad, you know, if you've got all of that other stuff taken care of, if you've got your base income taken care of. You play me- money. Yeah, you meaning that you've got all of your bills paid right. with consistent, predictable income income and then you've got some of the things that you really want to do if you got some play money out there then you might be able to to really roll the dice yeah and that maybe you know we can go back to that lottery maybe that's some of your lottery money there in the uh in in the extra but going back to what we were talking about march madness and i think one of the things that you know gets some of the teams i know it's a it's a one loss and you're out but why it's so important is what they've done for the past 9, 10, even 12 months prior to this tournament has really taken all of that in in order to give them the endurance to make it through uh, through this tournament. Because when you start pay, playing three, four, four games in a row, that can really take a toll on you. And I think that's why one of the things with the investment is just the steady overtime, just continuous that, that working, that staying with it will be able to get you through uh, some of the down markets or some of those times that maybe, you know, you, you don't, you get on discipline and maybe some things happen. You may have some, uh, adversity or whatever, but it keeps you going because what you've been preparing for over the last 12 months. Well, I'll go back to that study you were you were referencing. You were quoting that. And what year was that, did you say? It was 2015, I think, right? Yes. And it, it noted in that study that a 16 had never beaten a one. So you were, you were good to go if you put in all of your ones advancing to the second round in your tournament bracket, right? Right. Well, guess what happened in 2018? A one got beat. Virginia was beaten last year, so that is even inaccurate now. So it can happen. A 16 can beat a one, but let me ask, who had that on their bracket? Nobody. Nobody. So the riskier you get, the the one-shot wonder or the uh, hot dot, as you've quoted, the riskier you get, the chances certainly explode. I always go back to a comment that uh, Janet and I heard John Lynch say. John Lynch is the chief investment strategist with LPL Financial, and a little bit of a difference from Ryan Dietrich. Ryan Dietrich is the market strategist. John Lynch is the chief investment strategist, and he had a pearl of wisdom. I actually tweeted it out from the conference that I was at. He said, Earnings and income are not going to sell ads on CNBC, but they will help your clients to reach their goals. Yes. And so it's not the the superstar team that you're looking for to get you home in retirement. What you're looking for is good, consistent, predictable, dependable income. You're looking for good, consistent, dependable investments to drive that income. And you don't necessarily have to find that Cinderella team to make that happen. Yeah. When you talk about that, you know, when I do think about what they are putting on CNBC, it's either one of two directions. It's going to be fear driving, driving that to get you to not invest or to pull out uh, of equities, or it's going to be too good to be true exuberance about yes. this yeah. hot dot or this uh, this stock pick or this hot stock pick. Great quote from John Lynch. And speaking of LPL Research, on the other side of the break, Ryan Dietrich joins us. He's the senior market strategist for LPL Research. Stay with us to get ready for the future show just getting started on this last Saturday in March. Monday, 
Join us for one of our live events in your area. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events for a calendar. More of the Get Ready for the Future show after this. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Heard and watched every week at this time. We thank you for watching on social media. You know, for some of our radio affiliate listeners, this is a radio segment that airs between segment one and segment two of our Get Ready for the Future show, John. And on this week's radio show, we've got Ryan Dietrich coming up right after us. He's the senior market strategist at LPL Research. And we're going to leave the market talk to him. So you're really not getting the fastest four when it comes to the economy and the markets. You're getting a full 12 minutes and 40 seconds today. Yep. But we're going to talk about, we're going to actually use this segment, our fastest four, to kind of tee that up. What, you know, we, we talk to Ryan once a month, and we, and, but many of our listeners may not know exactly who he is or who LPL Research is. So I, I think it would be good to use this segment to kind of talk about who they are and our relationship with them. Yeah, so LPL Financial is our broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor that we place our business with here at GenWealth. They're sort of our back-office operator. But one of the big features of LPL is they have this research team that that we feel like are really, really good at what they do. It's led by John Lynch and Ryan Dietrich, uh, the chief market strategist and chief investment strategist for LPL. And, and uh, Ryan is, is great to come on our show every week. But they do a lot of what I call tactical work on investments. They are doing research on portfolios. They are doing research on companies. They're doing research on the economy. And they're putting that all together. They're coalescing all that information and providing that to us so we can then make the big picture strategic adjustments to your portfolio. So what does that mean? So uh, one of the things you're going to hear from Ryan as we do this interview is that LPL is is trimming back a little bit on their exposure to equities. Now, they've been overweight on equities for quite some time. They're trimming that back a little bit. But Scott, one of the things that that causes us to do at GenWealth is pay attention to that and say, okay, from a strategy standpoint, does this change anything that we're going to do from a strategy standpoint? So one of the things that we have been uh, positioned in our portfolios here at GenWealth, because we've been going through a strong equity markets, is we've been more alpha focused. Mm-hmm. We've been looking for those companies that are going to outperform the market. It's sort of get it while the getting is good sure. uh, type idea. Now that we see that LPL is beginning to pull back on their equity exposure ever so slightly and the economy is beginning to slow from the hot pace that it was uh, in the last few months and years, we're now seeing that that we may want to come out or away from that alpha orientation more to a value orientation. So if you're a client of GenWealth, you may be seeing some activity in your portfolio that we're actually pulling the trigger on here at GenWealth by saying, okay, the time to, to be a aggressive or to be more adventuresome in your portfolio may be over. And we want to find things that are really good value because value has staying power if the economy does slow down. And so those are where uh, those are the levers that we begin to pull at GenWealth when things happen like economic changes happen. And LPL is being very tactical in what they do in picking particular portfolios and particular exposure to different sectors of portfolios. We're then going to make strategic changes to our clients' portfolios to try to really drive that home. We've used different analogies to describe that relationship. I, I like the one of a sports team, that, that they are the coaches. They are the guys studying the X's and O's every day, yep. putting the players on the field. We are the general managers who are hiring and firing the coaches. That's right. And yeah. and we have that ability to do that. LPL Research it provides us great information, but we also have lots of other strategists that mm-hmm. we can call on if the need arises. So a little bit of insight into our client 
clients' portfolios, how they get built, the relationship with uh, GenWealth and LPL Financial and LPL Research. And you'll learn more on the markets on the other side of the break on the radio side. That's after this. Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for GenWealth Financial Advisors or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA. More straight talk about money after this break. From the studios of the GenWealth Radio Network, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Oh, March Madness, the topic today as we are into the final few days of March and, of course, the tournament in full swing. And we're talking market madness in this segment of the Get Ready for the Future show. And we are pleased once again as we are joined each and every month by senior market strategist at LPL Financial, LPL Research, Ryan Dietrich with us on the program once again. Good morning to you, Ryan. Good morning, guys. Thank you very much for having me back. And like you said, happy March Madness. We made it. Yes, we have got lots of market madness to talk about today. But I want to talk a little bit about the the research team. You know, we, we reference it quite frequently on the Get Ready for the Future show as uh, the team we use, we rely on to, to, uh, to basically give us guidance on our clients' portfolios. And we want to talk a little bit to, to you about the size of that, because I know it's always changing and, and, and right. it is a rather large team. How, how many are we up to now? Approximately 55 people. Like yeah. you said, it changes a little bit. When I was being recruited to LPL Research almost four years ago now, it was about a 40-person team. So it gives you, an, you know, kind of shows the evolution of the growth there. And it is one of the largest research you know, shops out of any broker-dealer, and it's the largest research shop out of any independent broker-dealer. So we have a lot of different ways we can help our advisors grow their businesses, and I'm honored to be part of you know, that 55-person team. Well, Ryan, as you guys help us wrap up the first quarter of 2019, we had a really strong start to the year, one of the strongest starts almost that I can remember. But you guys are doing some tweaks right now. You're making some changes to how you are, I guess I would say, how enthusiastic you are about the future outlook of equities. Talk to us a little bit about what's going on in terms of your equity allocations. That's right, John. Now, you know, this quarter potentially is going to be one of the best quarters we've had in years for stocks. But let's not forget, the fourth quarter was the worst quarter for stocks since the financial crisis. But what we've seen so far this year, a significant bounce. And at LPL Research, we're impressed by that. We do not think this bull market is over. We do not think we're heading into recession. Let's be very clear there. But we've been overweight equities for as long as I've been here. And John Lynch, our chief investment strategist, myself, our entire investment management committee team got together and said, you know, things are really looking good here on the stock prices. But you look at the economy, it's slowing down a little bit. Global economy slowing down a little bit. We just think after a 20% bounce off those December lows that we had late, late last year, some type of consolidation, maybe even well-deserved pullback makes a lot of sense here. We just don't think we're going to keep ripping the new highs and going straight up. And for that reason, we've kind of lowered our al- equity allocation to market weight. We're not underweight. We're not overweight. We're just market weight. But we still think this bull market has life. I just want to stress that. But there are some growing concerns that we see out there. So let's talk about what's causing some of those concerns. For several months now, we've talked about just the fundamentals uh, and, and what's causing whatever happens to be going on at that point in time. So what would you say are the fundamentals that are causing the change at this point? Sure. Well, Janet, the big one, I guess, is the global slowdown, right? I mean, we hear about it every day. Just today, we had more poor data out of China. You know, yes, earlier this week in the U.S., consumer confidence took a bigger dip than we expected. Housing data has kind of taken two steps forward, one step back, but some recent poor housing data. So just all in all, you know, now some of the positives, you know, valuations, in our opinion, are not stretched, right? I mean, valuations are still there. We still think earnings. So here's a new way to explain it. LPL Research, we thought S&P 500 earnings would be up about 6% for the year this year. Most people started the year up around 10%. Now, after the big cut, a big drop we saw late last year, analyst estimates are down around 3% growth. So we haven't cut our growth estimates. We didn't kind of panic during that big sell-off and lower guidance and lower estimates and lower targets. We still have a fair value on the S&P 500 of about 3000 So we think that's likely that can be hit this year. And that's still some decent appreciation. It's just all about, you know, are stocks truly going to continue to really do extremely well like they have the last six months? We're just not so sure. It's going to be a little bit of a rockier ride. But the global slowdown is real, and that has us concerned. 
Brian, I have a, a little bit of a hypothesis and a concern about where we are right now in terms of the hypervigilance about the, the volatility of the market. It seems like that people are more and more and more <laughs> hypervigilant, as I say. And so I'm, I'm believing that the danger may not be encountering that downside. It may be sitting on the sideline while we still have some upside to go. What do you say? No, that's right. And again, just because we're going market weight, it doesn't mean you know we don't like things. We absolutely do. And we've, I've come on with you guys for a while. One of the other changes that we've made this year in 2019 at LPL Research, we are going tilting a little bit more towards large caps versus small caps. Large caps, you look at late in the cycle, 99, 2000, and 2006, 2007, large caps can do better than small caps. Also, our overall view with a more dovish Fed, the U.S. dollar can continue to, continue to trend a little bit lower here. That, again, is a tailwind for large caps. So we really like, we'd be overweight, the large cap space relative to the small caps. Also, emerging markets. You don't think there's going to be a global recession this year, which we do not. We think emerging markets actually are a place to have, you know, be a little overweight your portfolios and have some decent returns. This year, emerging markets underperformed the U.S. by a little bit, but we think by the end of the year, that can maybe flip-flop, and emerging markets can be a place that you want to be a little bit overweight in your portfolios. Well, Ryan, you mentioned the Fed, and last year that was yeah. the discussion was, are they going to raise rates? How many times are they going to raise rates? And now as we roll into 2019, the headline is that that inverted yield curve on, on the short end, and there's a little bit of concern being raised there and the possible link that that is to maybe a recession. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, the yield curve is all over the news. On Friday, we saw the three-month versus 10-year yield curve, so looking at different yields, short-term yields versus long-term yields, keeping this very simple. Normally, you're going to be rewarded, right? You get more yield for a longer term. If you're going to hold something for a longer term, you have a higher yield. Well, that flip-flopped, and you go back in history. Since the mid-50s, nine of the last nine recessions took place after an inverted yield curve. So that got everyone all worked up on Friday, late last uh, Friday and earlier this week, where everyone was concerned. Now, here's what they don't tell you. The two 10-year yield curves, the more standard yield curve, that hasn't inverted yet. And our overall opinion at LPL Research has continued to be, we don't think the yield curve might invert the 210, but it can stay flat for years. You look at the mid to late 90s, guys, the yield curve stayed flat for years. And what happened, 95, 96, 97, 98? The economy did pretty well. Also, don't forget, March 2000, uh, the Fed did seven rate hikes into from, 2000, from 1994 to early 1995. March 1995, the Fed did a pivot. They actually turned a little more dovish. Sound familiar? And then they actually cut rates later that year in 1995. So we see some similarities there. We don't think the Fed's going to cut rates, though, this year. But like you said, the Fed just three months ago said they're going to do all these rate hikes this year. Now they're on total pause, and the market is betting on potentially one rate hike, I'm sorry, one rate cut, very likely one rate cut later this year. We don't think that's the case because, again, we think the economy is still on better footing than most people give it credit for. Nonetheless, the yield curve is a concern, but the history – here's one more stat, and I'll turn it back to you for the next question. Look at the last three times the two 10-year yield curve inverted, which, again, it hasn't yet, but it's getting close. Stocks were up 20, over 20 months before they peaked. The S&P peaked 20 months later, up over 30% on average. So you can have significant gains after the yield curve inverts. It means you're late in a cycle. means there's concerns of a slowdown. Absolutely. But let's not forget what's happening around the globe. Lower trending yields around the globe. John Lynch and I do a podcast weekly, LPL Market Signals. We talked about the yield curve on that this week. John's stance is yes. We don't think the yield curve inverting or getting flat right now is is this major economic warning sign. It's maybe simply a function of the rest of the world that's in trouble with global yields going lower. German 10-year boomed is now negative. Japanese uh, 10-year yields are now negative. So we're kind of following that path, but we still think the U.S. is kind of one of the better places to be. Ryan, when you talk about the yield curve, it obviously relates to the bond market. And when you guys have begun to trim the equity positions that you have just ever so slightly, you are reallocating some of that to bonds. Talk a little bit about why you feel like bonds are the place to go with some of that money. Well, great question. I mean, you can even, you know, there's lots of different places you can go, right? Bonds, gold, real estate. We do think bonds always have a place in someone's portfolio. You look back in market history when stock markets are volatile and trend a little bit lower, 
What does well? Fixed income. Bonds tend to do well. We saw that in the fourth quarter. So how we're kind of playing it right now, we really like investment-grade corporates here and high yield. Those are kind of two of the areas in a fixed income world where as we trim a little bit of our equity exposure, those are two of the areas that we still think there's potential. You, know, you talk about high yield, you know, a.k.a. junk bonds. Well, we don't think there's going to be a recession. You have a higher yield there, and we still think that's a good place to go. And investment-grade corporates, we still think they're, they're not stretched as much as people think they are. And those are two areas that we're kind of placing some of our money in. But keeping it very simple, you trim a little bit of equities, you go in a little bit of bonds, you know, we're still just kind of cutting just a little as bit, like I said. But actually, as I already also said, we're still going a little bit overweight large caps in emerging markets. So we're not just getting out of equities here. But there's definitely still a place for a well-diversified portfolio with some fixed income allocations. Ryan, our regular listeners are very familiar with Outlook 2019. They know that mm -hmm. we, we look at Outlook twice a year, every year. And so they've heard all of that thus far in 2019. With everything that's going on, are there any any changes to how the research department views what they originally put out on Outlook 2019? Well, the, like I said, honestly, the big numbers are the earnings and the S&P 500. We haven't cut either of those. We still are very quite comfortable. Believe me, we've had a lot of discussions the last week and a half on our overall target for the S&P 500, and that's remained at 3,000. Where we are concerned, we've lowered our expectations on GDP just a hair, along with the Fed and everyone else. Also, inflation expectations have come down just a little bit. But we still think the big thing, what happened in the first quarter, everyone cut. We saw the largest cuts from analysts in the first quarter this year since early in 2016. And we just think, once again, all these cuts, all these concerns, at the end of the day, it probably all does link back to U.S. and China with some type of a trade agreement, which we continue to think can happen sometime in the next couple of months. That can bring back confidence, bring back companies investing themselves using CapEx, capital expenditures, and that can extend this, which will be a 10-year um, economic cycle this June, can continue to expand this economic cycle, and maybe earnings can hit 6 or 7% uh, later this year for the full year, which, again, most people don't think. We still think that's the case. And so point of reference, uh, the S&P right now is just above 20 2,800, you're looking at 3,000. That would be just under a 10% gain for the remainder of the year uh, if your targets hold up. So you feel uh, still strongly about that much more room in equities. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I want to stress, you know, we're going down the market way, but we still think there's room. Think about this. If you go back in history since 1950, when the S&P 500 gains at least 10% in the first quarter, so that's a really good first quarter, happened 10 times, likely going to happen this uh, this year. The rest of the year was higher 9 out of 10 times and some really strong returns. So a good start to a year can lead to continued equity gains, which is what we do think. We expect new haul-time highs on the S&P 500 uh, this year. And again, like I've said a couple times, up around 3,000 when all is said and done. It's just going to be a rocky ride. You know, I, we think there's some similarities between now and 2012. 2012 had three different 10% corrections. We think maybe we can have a rockier ride kind of like that, but when all is said and done, we still will have a pretty solid uh, year after obviously a very poor year last year for equity gains. Ryan Dietrich, Senior Market Strategist, LPL Research, has been our guest today on the Get Ready for the Future show. He joins us once a month. Thanks again for being with us, Ryan. I appreciate the opportunity, guys. Look forward to being back in April. Thank you. We'll be right back with more on the show. Like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. You've got questions? We've got answers. Email info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the GenWealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back in. At GenWealth Financial Advisors, we believe your retirement should be more, more than just a collection of investments. It all revolves around your plan. It is part of the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. And if you'd like to learn more, you can reach out to us by email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com, or give us a call. Our office number is 501-653-7355. Again, I'll give it to you again, 501-653-7355. Now, we have offices all over the state in West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and also in Northwest Louisiana. So if you're hearing my voice today on the Get Ready for the Future show, there's a good chance there's a GenWealth advisor near you to discuss walking you through the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. 
We are talking today about March Madness on this final Saturday in March and relating it to your retirement. You don't want your retirement bracket to be busted. And we've really focused most of the show so far on investment strategy. In that first segment, we kind of talked about going after that hot stock pick and the bad idea that is. And we just had a great conversation with Ryan Dietrich uh, before the break, John, about uh, this idea of them changing their weighting in equities. In other words, pulling back a little bit on their equity exposure uh, in their guidance for building a client portfolio. But I thought you brought up a really good point in there is don't don't overreact to that message coming from LPL Research. Yeah, one of the concerns that I have, as I mentioned in the interview segment, Scott, is that I think everybody still has bunker mentality from 2008. Right. And, and you know, they obviously got a little bit of a shock in, in 2018, tail end of 2018, when the market was down about 20%. And those folks that listen to us on this show and listen to LPL Research, basically, we were saying, look, there's no real reason for this to be happening. Stay the course. And I think that has proven to be good advice. Now, we're in a situation where the economy is showing some signs of slowing, but that does not mean that there is a recession out there. But that that whole situation causes what I call the jackals to come out of the woods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, we're going over a cliff. It's uh, This is the end. How many times have we heard that, Janet, since yeah. 2008, that the end is near? They've taken away, you know, the, 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 the sugar high from cheap money. And I mean, we heard that in 12 and 13 and so on and so on. Well, let's go back to the, the childhood fable that we all heard about the boy who cried wolf. Um, you know, it, he cried wolf and there wasn't one. He cried wolf and there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. Finally, at some point, there actually was wolf okay so let's do the parallel on the market at some point all of the crying voices will be right we don't believe it's now but it will be at some point because as john likes to say even a broken clock is right twice a day right so at some point these guys are going to be right the fundamentals are not showing us that now is the time but here's the question whom do you believe Hmm. What voice do you respond to? And we would say that if you're not sure, then use the get ready, uh, the, the gen wealth, get ready to retire process because what happens in that by bucketizing, yes, that's a word at gen wealth, by bucketizing your assets, then you don't have to worry about whether those who are crying wolf are right or wrong because you have a portion of your assets set aside to be very conservatively invested so that when, not if, but when there's a pullback and when there is a recession, those assets are not significantly impacted. And then you have your more long-term assets that it's okay. Yes, you're going to see some impact from that, but you also have a decade and a half before you need those dollars. Even if you're at the point of retirement, there's money that you're not going to use for a significant period of time. So we believe there's a way to address the uncertainty of the markets. Scott, I go back to uh, the story that we were, you know, relating to people in in late 2018. Choose fact over fear. Mm -hmm. Choose fact over emotion. Emotion will make you do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason. It happens all the time. So let's take this setup. Ryan Dietrich and the entire team at LPL Research have basically called 3,000 on the S&P 500 by the end of the year. Well, from where we are right now, that would be about an 8 to 10% uh, increase, depending on what day you're looking at the S&P. Uh, it's somewhere in that 8 to 10% range. So let's analyze this. Yes, you're close to retirement. Maybe you've been a successful accumulator. You've accumulated, let's say, a half million dollars for your retirement, and you don't need to lose it. I, I get that. I, I totally 100% understand that. But if the facts are correct that, that LPL Research is basing their prediction on, if they are correct, then you could lose out on a $50,000 gain if you're investing in the S&P 500 uh, to, uh, to your retirement portfolio, simply by listening to what I call the jackals out there that are fear mongers. Those are the folks that are the talking heads on CNBC that are really more relating to what's going on on a minute by minute or hour by hour basis or day to day basis, as opposed to a long term basis in the market. That is one of the things that can really cause you to miss out on 
on having sufficient uh, assets to generate the income that you're needing and create that outcome that you're looking for in retirement. I think the other danger, too, is as you talked about the jackals and, and the talking heads and, and how that can drive you to do the wrong thing. What what could be the wrong thing there? Well, there's also the message guys out there, right? The the product pitch men, we'll call them, right? Yep. The, the, the one product ponies that they're selling one thing and they, they sell one thing only and they're going to use that fear in many cases to get you to put some, most, maybe all of your money into a single product that may not be what's best for you. Yeah, and I, I hate to say this because, you know, there are good products out there that people can invest in in the right circumstance. But when you I have, you know, what you call this Swiss army knife that it does all things for all people. Uh, and in this case, uh, you know, I'm well, talking about like a fixed indexed annuity that your pitch is put all your money in it because you can't ever lose. That's a bad deal. I think the key though is it's not a Swiss army knife. No, it's because not. that does have multiple tools. It's, it's a hammer. If mm-hmm. the financial advisor you go to is like a carpenter who only has a hammer. They're not really a financial advisor. They're not really a carpenter. There have to be other tools in their toolbox. So if that's the only thing, and not that that product is bad, it's fine. It has a place to be used. But if that's the only tool in their toolbox... You're talking to the wrong carpenter. Well, and and the pitch is disingenuous in that uh, the oftentimes the pitch is you get all the gains of the market and none of the risk. Well, that's just wrong. You don't get all of the gains of the market because there are a lot of governors on uh, those things that, that, caps. that cap the upside potential of that particular investment. And you don't have none of the risk because the risk is most of those investments uh, require you to commit 90% or more of your money over a very long period of time uh, to be able to come out on that investment. Now, use the right way. Some of those investments are actually very good. Yes. And used the right way, there is a place for a lot of different investments in your portfolio. It is the messaging that I have a problem with in this, Scott, because there is no one size fits all cure all problem. It's like I say about gold. These guys that come out when recessions are on and are pitching gold and everything, you just have to ask yourself if gold was the, the thing that's going to take everybody to the promised land, why is this guy who has some trying to sell it to you? It goes back to a plan versus a product. A plan is going to be a puzzle that gets put together. Many different pieces. Your unique puzzle fits together. A puzzle never exists in one piece. So the question I think you have to ask yourself is, do you have a product or do you have a plan? Do you have a collection of investments Or do you have a true retirement income plan? Well, and I can almost answer that for this audience. There is probably a significant percentage of this audience, excluding Gen Wealth clients that may be listening today. There's a significant percentage of this audience, Chad, that don't even know what a financial plan looks like. Right. And most of the the time that we sit down with somebody that's not ever, you know, may have worked with an advisor or an an insurance agent and bought a couple products, it's just they, they understood why they bought it at that time, but things have changed since that time that they bought it and the purpose for that product. And it's just a collection of products and they don't really meet, meet together. The puzzle doesn't come together because it's a whole bunch of different pieces. Scott, I can just to kind of lift the veil a little bit to talk about the planning process at GenWealth. Uh, Chad and Candace Stanley and I are on a team here at GenWealth that work together on plans. We spent two hours yesterday afternoon working on one client's plan that that we were just running different scenarios and seeing how different things were going to work to try to get him where he needed to go. And that is a fairly regular occurrence here. Uh, nowhere at GenWealth do you walk in and somebody says, yep, you need this and that's all you need. There you go. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It just does not happen, particularly if you've got a significant amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about three advisors two hours and and that wasn't all that will be done for this client but just in that period of time you had six hours of advisor time working on the plan for that one client where else do you get that in central arkansas Hmm. yeah and and to add to that janet 
you know, most of that time was on planning and how he was going to get there. It wasn't on a certain product right. or it, it was, it was the overall solution. We were looking at everything from his 401k and old 401k, how much contributions. And there's many things that go into play, especially even from a debt standpoint of how much is on the house and how much vehicles. Everything goes into play when we're looking at a plan. Scott, I think if you don't get strategic about this, if you don't uh, get in the helicopter and get above the the landscape and look around, you don't know what's out there. You know, if anybody's ever flown in a helicopter, you know, you don't go very high. You don't go 20 or 30,000 feet high. When you're in an airplane, Janet, it's hard to discern really the, the detail of what's on the landscape right. down there because you're way up high and you can see the curvature of the earth and you can see big things up there. But when you're in a helicopter, you're up about, let's say, a thousand, two thousand feet or something like that. All of a sudden, you can see detail of that house that you didn't know that was on the other side of the of the uh, land where you live, or that creek that was running through uh, a piece of land that you really didn't know there was a creek there. You can discern little details like that, and that's what we try to do here at Gen Wealth is we try to elevate ourselves above the day to day and look at this from a strategic standpoint and say, what strategy do we need to employ to get this client to where they need to go? Dare I say it's the difference in traveling with an atlas versus just your GPS? <laughs> There's a story probably, there somewhere. Yes. You'll have to check us out on iTunes and look at the podcast or listen to the podcast to find out more about that story. <laughs> hey, we've got to take a break. We'll be back with our final segment on the Get Ready for the Future show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. More where that came from after the break. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money coming at you. We're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. We were talking about before the commercial break, pulling back and seeing that bird's eye view, seeing what's out there when it comes to walking into retirement. And and you don't know what you don't know if you've been accumulating all these years and you're about to transition into a distribution phase of your life. And when it comes to not knowing, there is a lot out there we really encapsulate that in three big risks, the three biggest risks to your retirement. Now, there are probably more than three, but these are the three biggest risks that we tackle when we build a financial plan. And if you want to find out what those risks are and and learn in detail about what they are and how they could affect you in retirement and some possible strategies that could be solutions for you, you can come to our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop. It's coming up still a few days away, April 23rd, but you can make plans to attend now by signing up at uh, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. The three big risks is the topic. The location is the Crown Plaza. That's in West Little Rock, real close to the 430, 630 exchange, which, by the way, is just right down the road from our office. I think I could almost walk there. Uh, 630 is the start time. Crown Plaza, April 23rd. Sign up at getreadyforthefuture.com, or we can sign you up if you call in 501 653 Seven three five five to find out more about those three big risks, and we'll probably allude to those as we walk through the final four for your financial future in this final segment. We've been talking all show long about March Madness, market madness. Had a great interview with Ryan Dietrich from LPL Research to talk about the markets, and now we're going to hone in on the final four for your financial future. Going to give you four things to really lock in on before the show is over that could really make a difference in your financial future. And this first one, guys, sounds pretty basic, but we know people are not doing it. And this is lined up more for people who are a little younger, but it also means even if you're later in life, you got to get in the game. There is no way to win at retirement without getting locked in on making the sacrifices necessary, finding the right savings rate, and putting it into the plan that is most advantageous for you, and that usually is a 401k because you're going to get an employer match. You know, you, you talk about this being especially for young people who are not involved yet. This is something that John and I talked about when we were at Washita this week because for, for young people, let's say you're getting ready to graduate from college before too long, you're going to get that first job, and that first job is going to have some type of retirement plan available to you. Well, how many, how many people are graduating with student loans, maybe with credit card debt as well, 
well. And so they postpone contributing sure. to their retirement. I'm going to tell you those student loans are going to haunt you for a long period of time. But I'm also going to tell you, you're probably not going to have a pension unless you're working for the government. You're not going to have a pension like your grandparents did. And Social Security is not as certain and as known of an entity for you as it was for your parents. It is on your shoulders. Get in the game with your very first paycheck that your company will allow you to participate in the plan. Just get into it. John talked about the the return on a 401k before the money's even invested. If you've got a 50 cent match or a dollar for dollar match, then you've automatically gotten either a 50% return or a 100% return on your money before it's even invested. Get in the game. We've talked a lot about the danger of chasing a rate of return versus the outcome that is needed for you. And, and this this is a great point to remember. We've said it on the show before. Your savings rate has more to do, is connected more heavily to your success in retirement than the rate of return you get on your investments. That's absolutely correct. And, and I'm just astonished at the fact that we run into people all the time that are not even contributing enough to get the company match in the 401k. Uh, so there's a lot of room for improvement there on the, on the, on the short side of this, if you will. But let's talk about the folks that are close to retirement that still are behind. Uh, as far as what they need to be saving for retirement to, to hit the income level that they're looking for, a lot of those folks have a lot of room to go in terms of contributing more money to their 401k or to an IRA or a Roth IRA. All those options need to be on the table. When I think about getting in the game, Scott, I think about getting serious. Mm-hmm. There are participators in games and then those people who are fully involved, fully committed. You know, I can walk onto a basketball court since we're talking about March Madness and I can run up and down the court and I can act like I could wear the jersey. I could act like I was in the game, but I would not necessarily be a very good contributor to that game. Or I could spend the time to really get deeply involved and and really make a difference and be fully committed to playing that game. And I could make a difference in in the outcome of what's going on. Same thing with your retirement. And some of that's mindset, don't you think? Especially as you get down the road is, is looking for opportunities to add more to your retirement, enhance your retirement, if you will. We're at tax time, right? I mean, I know a yep. lot of. If you looked at your, uh, if you looked and see seen yet, if your direct deposit has come through from the IRS, I mean, a lot of people are getting tax refunds. Yep. What are you going to do with that tax refund? Is your mindset to go out and spend that on yourself and go on a vacation, buy that big screen TV to watch the Final Four, and maybe some of it can go to that, or is it locked in on adding to your retirement? Yeah, I think the question comes up, Chad. Are you fully? committed. Now you're a a former athlete. You know what it means to be fully committed to winning a game or winning a season. Uh, There is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into that commitment. But you also know what it's like to have people on a team that are just kind of hanging around and participating. Right. And you think about the final four right now, It what it takes to get to that final four alone, and then what does it take to even win it? And we've got three teams that will come down to the end of this tournament that have made an accomplishment. But the, the, the level of commitment and the level of effort to make that last run in those last two games is what, is what makes, turns out to be the champions. You know, I wrote a, a blog about March Madness, uh, that's up on our website. And I will tell you that, that I was hearkening back to, uh, the days when Arkansas won the national championship. And we just honored the, the 1994 national champions at Bud Walton Arena earlier this year. And you stop and think about it. Uh, those guys were special. Those guys really had an all in commitment to winning. Think about that. Mm-hmm. An all-in commitment to winning. Did they have any other option? They might have, but they didn't show it. They didn't think about it. They said, I'm all in to win right here, right now. We're going to do this. I don't have any other options. Are you that committed to winning in the retirement game? Or are you just participating? Are you just kind of checking the box and saying, yep, I'm making a contribution. That's uh, that's good. You know, it's all is it's really the difference in in being on a winning team and not. Well, I think also, John, a lot of small business owners out there are very committed to what they're doing and they're very successful. 
but they don't take the time to look at the longer picture and saying, hey, you know, how can I be efficient, you know, with with some of my uh, with the taxes and how can they uh, how how can they make it easier on themselves to say, hey, at one of these days down the road, this business, I'm not always going to be in this business. I've got to have some form of retirement. So so, yes, they are fully committed to the business, but they've got to look at the longer picture. A couple other things that that 94 team did really well was they were good at defense and they made a lot of runs. Those are the next two on our final four for your financial future. Lines of defense and making the late game run. Well, what are we talking about there? Lines of defense are what could disrupt you from continuing your contributions to your retirement savings? What could disrupt you in retirement? Have some protections in place when it comes to defense. So when you think about defense, this is being ready if things don't go the way you had planned. Mm -hmm. So things like having an emergency fund, because I'm just telling you Murphy's Law is accurate. Things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. You need to be financially prepared for that. And then also, this is one that people don't like to think about, but we we all know people where this has come into play, and that's life insurance. The reality is we don't know how long we have, but you know that your family is dependent upon you, either for your income check or for the work that you provide around the home if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad and and so that that what you bring to the table financially or otherwise needs to be able to be replaced if you don't come home so those are the lines of defense that you've got to be prepared to address and let me speak about these late game runs i'll tell you what a late game run does for you in basketball it sets you up to coast into to, to winning because you can break the spirit of a team by basically icing down the win and being sure you're going to get to that goal regardless of what that other team may do. There are th- some things that you can do strategy-wise and portfolio-wise and planning-wise that can put you on a track to win, uh, that regardless of what might happen in the market, you are on track to be where you need to be in retirement. And i got to tell you, the folks that we do that with have an extremely good feeling about how they're going to uh, arrive at their retirement goals. And our final point on the final four for you, your financial future portfolio allocation. And we have really spent a lot of time talking about investment strategy today. But when you get into the retirement red zone, when you are five to 10 years out from retirement, you are moving from one phase of life when it comes to investments to another. You're moving from the accumulation phase to the distribution phase, and that is a game changer. We call it the retirement red zone. Your portfolio allocation really needs a good checkup at that point, and that comes back to how we use the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process in building that strategy for the distribution phase in your retirement. Yeah, setting up yourself to win as you begin to distribute income to you from your portfolio really involves a lot of art and a lot of science. And so the the distribution of, of those dollars is incredibly important because the last thing you want to do in retirement is run out of money before you run out of time. And so the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is designed to try to avoid those risks that we're going to talk about at that workshop coming up in April, the three big risks, Janet, that could crater you from a portfolio standpoint. Again, just remember the outcome you're looking for is all about your income. I feel like we ended this show on a late game run. It was <laughs> it was phonetic. It was very chaotic at the end to get through those final four. But if you'd like to learn more, you can always contact us at 501 501- We can sign you up as well for that three big risk workshop, April 23rd at 630 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. You can also sign yourself up by going to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events. We thank you for being with us on this final Saturday in March for the Get Ready for the Future show. Join us again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. See you.